joining us on the Way Lithia Sermon of the Week. Please enjoy this message by Mary Reading the Word, we spent an hour and a half a day or more, and uh, just relaxing at uh, Bonnet Creek. Um, I think we went to the pool, I did, maybe three times. Of course, it was cold when we started. But it is so nice to have a personal retreat that you can go on and just relax and, and spend time with the Lord and work on your message. That's, that's an important part. Yeah. My message today is something that's near and dear to my heart and something that I did not understand for many, many, many years. And when I found out about it, and started studying it, I felt cheated. I felt that I had not been taught, because I was raised in the church. joined the Methodist church when I was 12. But I never heard this preached. And I was disappointed that I had never heard it. But it took my Pentecostal husband bringing, bringing me to a church that I, you know, actually heard the whole gospel the full gospel. So I'd like to open in prayer. Father, I am your vessel today. Holy Spirit, use me to reach those that you want to hear this message, those who need to hear what they have in Christ. Guide me. Strengthen me put my emotions, put emotions into me that, that I have that I don't always bring out. Thank you for loving us so much and for putting into your word just what we have in Christ. I give you praise and honor and glory for you are almighty God. Amen. The title of the message is Understanding Your Authority. <clears throat> Several years ago, and to be honest, at my age, I honestly don't remember whether it was on a television program or at a conference or where it was, but I remember a cartoon that was being played. It was a Christian conference where this this person was speaking to Jesus. And as he was speaking to Jesus, things happened. Now I know now that is a depiction of Kenneth E. Hagin's vision that he had of Christ. When he and Christ had a conversation about demons and devils and demon possession. So I'm going to talk about what he said. And I'm going to start with a paraphrase of this experience that he had. Now, for those of you who don't know who Kenneth E. Hagin is, he's an evangelist. Um, He passed away, I think it was in the 1980s or something like that, but um, he has written several books. You can still see him on television. And as a Methodist, it was something I didn't watch. (laughs) It was like, say what? Yeah. So he he tells this story, he relates this story, and I'm going to relate it in the third person, he, right? He'd been speaking with the Lord about that topic. 
And he says at the end of this conversation, toward the end, that this little evil spirit came down, and it looked like a monkey. This little monkey just started bouncing all over the place. And he put up a cloud of smoke, or a dark cloud, in between him and Jesus. And then he started just jumping around and screaming and hollering in a you know, really shrill little voice, yakety yak, yakety yak, yakety yak, you just guys keep talking, just keep talking. And so I'm going to let you hear each other because I don't want you to know this. And I could, it, he couldn't understand a word was being said. He couldn't even see Jesus for the cloud. And he's sitting there, he's saying, why doesn't Jesus stop him? Why doesn't he tell him to quit? But, he just, but Jesus just kept on talking. He ignored him. He just kept on saying the things that he wanted to say. You know, and the demon was making such a racket that Hagen couldn't hear what he was saying. It was important because he was teaching him lessons about the devil and his authority. Not the devil's authority. Hagen's authority but he couldn't hear it. Now, obviously, that's why the devil was doing that. The demon was doing it. He didn't want him to know, right? So finally, he became so desperate. In the name of Jesus, stop! And the demon fell to the floor. And he started whimpering. So then Hagen said, not only stop, but get out of here. And the demon ran away. Now, do you think you have that power? Yes. We do. And I'm going to prove to you. <laughs> and he kept saying, Jesus, why? You know, he was thinking this, and we all know Jesus knows our thoughts, right? So he says, why? He's thinking to himself, why didn't you stop him, Jesus? And Jesus answers him and he says, because if you hadn't done something, I couldn't. Now, say what? You couldn't do anything if I didn't do anything? Why in the world would Jesus say that? It came as a shock to me. And I think that's why I remember so well that little cartoon. And I've been reading, and that's why this came back to me in the, in the Word. But I'm going to leave this story right here, and I'm going to tell you what the Apostle Paul says through the Holy Spirit and what you have, the authority that you have in Christ. And he tells us per- clearly in chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, just what authority you have. The Holy Spirit talks through Paul. In Ephesians 1, 3, if you have your Bibles, you follow along, or follow along on the screen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He didn't say some spiritual blessings. He didn't say the ones I chose. 
He said, everything, everything he's done, everything he's doing, and everything he's going to do is ours. We're blessed with all of his blessings. Now, Wayne and I started studying Ephesians and reading and rereading the first three chapters, looking up the Greek words and see what they meant, the difference between the word power and authority. And we wanted to know more about it. And we wanted to know it was true. And one day the Holy Spirit kind of confirmed it to us. Now I want to go back a little bit and tell you that at our previous church, they had a prison ministry. And several of the people in the congregation, and not the minister, not the pastor of the church, not Johnny uh, Honecker, but Philip Cooper, who attended the church, who was a minister, would go to with members of the congregation to Zephyr Hills and to Hardy. So Wayne and I joined the group. Uh, we went through the classes that you have to do to get into the prisons in the Florida State. In Florida State, you have to go through classes and you have to get approval. You have to do a background check and all that fun stuff. So we decided we wanted to go into the prisons and we would sing. And then the pastor would give the message. Now, as usual, when when something like that starts off, we have a lot of people. They're all excited about doing it. I remember going to a class where there were almost 100 people sitting in that room who wanted to know about prison ministries. But to be downright honest with you, the way they talk, well, let's see. They may have a Bible, and they may quote it to you, but buried in here are notes and messages to other people. You know, people who bring them in, give them messages. You can't trust them. You can't can't trust anything they say. Don't ever tell them your last name. Just tell them your first name. And I'm sitting here saying, no woman in her right mind would go into these prisons, right? They scared you. The things they said were scary. And in a way, I guess that's God's way of calling out the people who shouldn't be there. So, didn't bother me. (laughs) I said, hey, yeah, that's okay. So, they scheduled us. We went to uh, Zephyr Hills and to Hardy once a month. And they had it scheduled so that people would come in. Uh, We had to go through all the things everybody has to go through to get through the prison doors and through the gates and into the chapel. And yes, they all have chapels. And it started out with quite a few people from the membership, but it dwindled. And one Sunday, Wayne and I went in, and we got there, and we just went ahead and checked in and went all the way up to the chapel. And we're sitting in the chapel, and we call them residents. The residents started coming in. And we were looking at our watches, and no pastor. Hmm, what are we going to do? And it got later and later, and the men were coming in, and they were milling around. Now, these are all men's prisons. And Holy Spirit said to me, you preach. And I'm like, "Um, I have never seen a woman preach in a men's prison. 
I had been flipping through the Bible saying, okay, what would I do? Because I felt that he was nudging me to do that. And he kept pushing me, and finally he said, you know, you can do this. Here's your topic. Ephesians. You know what it means, Ephesians 1 through 3. You know what it means, and they need to know it too. In fact, all of us as Christians need to know it. So I'm going to continue with Paul and his epistle to, and to the Ephesians and his prayer. And it's verse, chapter 1, 17 through 23. All right, this is kind of starting in the middle of that. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Not that you just know about him and know he exists, but the true knowledge of Jesus Christ. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Think about that for a minute. About 19 and 20. The surpassing greatness of his power towards us in accordance with his might. And then 22 and 23. He put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things in the church which is his body, to the fullness of him who fills all in all. God wants you to see the complete, totally amazing power towards us because we believe in Jesus Christ. It's the very same power that he used to raise Christ from the dead. Jeremy Camp wrote a song. There's been a lot of songs about resurrection power. But I like Jeremy Camp's. kind of came out first, at least to me. I heard it first. I used to blast it. It says, we have hope that his promises are true. His strength, there is nothing we can't do. Yes, we know that there are greater things in store. Greater is he that's living in me. He conquered our enemy. No power of darkness, no weapon prevails. We stand here in victory. 
the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, the same power that commands the dead to wake, lives in us. The same power that moves mountains when he speaks, the same power that can calm a raging sea, lives in us. He lives in us. God uses songs to bring his word to people who don't read his word. But not all songs are biblical, so be careful. (laughs) Yeah. Check it out. Check the word to make sure what you're saying is true and what you're singing. Now he goes on, Paul goes on in Ephesians 2. verses 4 through 7. But God in his mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And Jeremy said that this morning, and raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We sit next to the throne of God. Our spirit is Jesus' spirit. We're all one. There's a song. I think it's, uh, they will know we were Christians by our love. We are one in the spirit. We are one in the Lord. Right? Now, I don't know about you, but I think that is absolutely amazing. He raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Jesus Christ, so that in ages to come he might show us the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus. Paul prayed that the eyes and the spirits of the Ephesians and their understanding be opened to this truth. He wanted us all as believers, all the churches, to have this revelation knowledge. We sit with Jesus in heavenly places. There's nothing we can't do. Christ is the head of the church, and we're the body, and we were raised together. Now, that's not something that our minds can really understand with our intellect. It has to be accepted by faith. Something we have to believe. In 1 Corinthians 6.17, it says, but one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. And that's what I said, and that's what I was talking about in the song. Now, a word of caution This doesn't mean that we're equal to Jesus or that we're God because we're not. But we have spiritual authority to do the things that Jesus did and even greater. In John 14, 12, it reads, truly, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who... He who believes in me, the works I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. 
Now, I read a story about John Alexander Dowie, who's a Scotsman, and he received a revelation of divine healing and ministering before the turn of the century. He was from Australia, and he used to travel back and forth across the seas, and he would encounter many storms. But he said, every time a storm came up, he did what Jesus did. He rebuked the storm, and it always ceased. When the people hear the words, greater works, they usually ask, what does that mean? If the church truly realized what they have in Christ, what, they could, what amazing things they would do to bring about, and what would they be able to bring about? If we just started with what Jesus did, that would be amazing. But then we can do even greater things because we have something different. The authority that we have has its source in the resurrection and the elevation of Christ by God himself. We must understand that he's backing us and the devil and, the, and his minions have no power over us. He has to recognize our authority. Jesus Christ has delegated this authority to us. He's the head of the body, and we're the body. And his power and his authority is given to us. Paul reminds us in chapter 6 about putting on the armor of God so that we always are ready for spiritual fights because we have them all the time. And we have to take the authority that Jesus has given to us. While we were on vacation, Wayne woke up one morning and he said, I had two terrible nightmares. And he was visibly shaken. And before I go any further, I ask his permission to say this. Wayne and I woke up at the same time, and he told me that he had two nightmares. He was really, really terrifying ones, and, and he didn't understand why he kept having these types of nightmares, and I asked him what they were about. He said, in this dream, I was on a mountain covered in snow. I was running as fast as I could because there, were a ferocious, there was a ferocious bear chasing me about 20 or 30 feet behind. I was able to just keep ahead of him, but I realized I would not outrun him to safety. He would keep chasing me. I was terrified. I deeply sensed that something was causing the bear to pursue me, but I didn't understand why. I ran, and then I realized that I had a shotgun in my hands, but I was too afraid to stop and turn around and shoot the bear, so I kept on running. Then I realized the bear would either keep pursuing me or catch me and kill me. This is where he paused. I had been listening intently to him and thinking about what he was saying. The night before, I had been working on this message. 
recounting the story of the noisy monkey, the little demon. And I said, you need to stand up to your fear. It's being used against you. Use your authority. Never pause when my mind is working on something and what that you're saying, because I'm sure many of you can relate. Somebody's going to butt in and say, I got the answer, right? That's what I kind of felt like. But then he continued with the rest of the dream. He said he had three shells on him, so he decided to fire one of them at the bear, and it wouldn't stop, but it, hoping it would stop him. I hit him square in the face, but it didn't stop him, but made him very wary of me. His confidence seemed to be shaken. I stood my ground as the bear circled me, aware of my gun, but the bear lo lo looked for an opening. But it seemed to know that I was willing to stand up to him, and he left. Whatever controlled the bear is then another animal, a hyena type, an animal with no hind legs, and I faced him without fear and told that animal to go also. In Ephesians 6.10, he talks about putting, putting on the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And then in 12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Paul reminds us about that so that we will already be ready we will always be ready for spiritual fights that will come our way to take authority given to us by Christ. The whole story is on Ephesians. Ephesians 1:3. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He knows. He knows what we need. He has given us that power. We hope you enjoyed this message by Mary Barlow.